Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Kinks and Beats Daily, episode number 18. I am your host, as always, Tony Fry, and I'm glad you're joining me today as we talk about a little ditty that I would imagine not many people outside of Kinks diehards have ever heard. It's called Holiday Romance. And it was originally released on... October 11th, 1974, as a UK and uh, Japanese single, it did nothing. Didn't chart at all. Um, And then it was released as part of the album A Soap Opera, which was released May 16th, 1975. So several months after the album or the single came out. In fact, the single came out about the time that they finished recording the album. They recorded until October 74. Um, which is when the single came out. It's not much to talk about. Um, the album didn't do that great. The song did nothing. But just like so many other um, tunes we've talked about on this podcast so far, it deserves a little bit more attention. It is soap opera in general. I think is a is a pretty underrated album, and a lot of that era of Kinks music, I think didn't fit in with the times. So maybe a soap opera doesn't stand up next to other things that were going on in 1975, but out of context of the times, just looking at the kinks catalog as a whole, I think a lot of the material from that era actually holds up because I'm not listening to it next to whatever hits were on the radio in 1975. I'm listening to it retrospectively and for that reason, I think the album is probably better now than it was uh, upon its release. Not to say that it's their best album. It's not. Um, but it does It does not deserve the flack that it gets. In fact, I think of this era, the only album that is rightfully kind of panned is Preservation Act 2. And even that one's got some gems on it that I really enjoy. But we're not here to talk about soap opera or the Kinks um, theme album, concept album period. This uh, the album was intended to be what well, was it was a television special, and then they talked about doing a theatrical touring thing. Um, it ended up being a pretty popular uh, feature on their 1975 tour. They did the album in its entirety including this song. And this song, Holiday Romance, is maybe my favorite tune on the album, um, on an album that has a few songs that I really like. It is cheesy. It is schmaltzy. It is as square as it gets. Um, But I dig it. And actually, I shouldn't say square. They do do some kind of cool little um, things with this tune. But what I found most interesting doing my research for this um, song is remember when we talked about Wicked Annabella on our Halloween episode and I talked about, you know, it's a, it's a downer song. It sounds very ominous and sinister and dark. And yet there are no minor chords in it. It's all structured around major chords. This song is the exact opposite. Uh, It sounds very uplifting. It's bouncy. It's, got a happy sounding melody but it is centered more or less on minor chords um well for parts of it 
So I'll qualify that because like many Ray Davies songs that we've talked about already, there is no standard form on this song and there's really no chorus to speak of at all. And I know I, I tend to dwell on where's the chorus, but I find it interesting when bands can release tunes that don't have that sing-along chorus that that every um, critic will tell you is necessary to have a hit on the radio. Some of these great bands, particularly the Kinks and the Beatles, wrote a ton of songs that didn't have big, you know, catchy choruses, but were still, you know, filled with hooks and catchy verses and stuff like that. Now, maybe this isn't the, the best example of that since um, it didn't chart at all. Maybe this one needed a catchy chorus, but it is kind of a long song already. It's very wordy. And um, I don't know where you would have put a chorus in here to keep the story straight. But the, the, the recurring theme that you hear the most is actually the introduction played by these little fiddle players. That pops up here and there. It is, in some variation, appears throughout the melody lines. But going back to what I was saying, it um, starts on a D minor chord. Right. And um, so it's kind of like Sunny Afternoon is on a D minor chord as well. And he does something repeatedly throughout his entire catalog that kind of goes against convention for pop music. And what he does is he takes a minor chord. And then I think I'm a little out of tune, but we're going with it now. He takes the minor chord and then he follows it with a dominant seven of that same chord. So what he's doing, what that means is he's going from major or minor to major and he's adding a flat seven on top. So he's doing from D minor to D seven. And what that does is you've got um, uh, movement on the chord in two directions. You're going from, you've got a D and then a C, which is the dominant seven. And then you've got chromatic movement ascending from the minor third to the major third. So we go D minor. And then he resolves it to a G. So what you get is um, diatonic descension and chromatic ascension at the same time, which is a cool little effect. So you've got this da 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 and... Um, all together. And he does it, uh, he did it in Sunny Afternoon, so he, he really likes doing D minor to D7. Um, but it's a cool effect here, and I think that's what makes it not sound like you're basing it on a minor key, on a minor chord. So doing that um, is kind of, a, and this goes back to, you know, he, he himself will say he's a, a vaudeville songwriter. You do see that kind of movement a lot in the classic tunes of the, the 20s and the 30s uh, and the 40s, the, the Great American Songbook, as they call it. 
but you don't see it a ton in pop music, especially in the 70s. The, uh, the more common thing would be to go from a major to a minor. And you did hear that a lot, right? You've got the... Um, right, you hear that a lot. But doing the opposite is a little bit less common. So he does that in this one. Um, you could sort of, uh, going from a D minor to an A7, uh, if you were analyzing that on its face, would seem to be, oh no, it wouldn't, never mind. Um, I was going to say something really stupid there. Either way, uh, you are uh, a D minor to A7, D minor to D7, and he uses that pivot chord as, as to get him into the G. And then he goes right back to an A7, which is 5 of 5, which also happens to be the dominant for D minor which gets us back home. So he just floats right out of D minor just for a second, but kind of stays in the neighborhood. Um, and then there's a little bridge that pops up a couple times in C. Didn't it look so divine as she walked up to the table to dine? And then Lavinia's eyes met mine. Another A7, and then back to D minor. So he's alternating between major and minor tonalities, and he's never really, like, stuck in one tonality for very long which is cool um it's a neat arrangement i like the sound of this recording i can't really explain it it sounds cool on headphones it's the type of song that only bands like the beatles or the kinks or queen or david bowie can get away with um if the stones were to release this tune or pink floyd or zeppelin it, it it would be like an album killer, but a, a, a band that's a little bit more daring in the directions that they'll take their music can get away with something like this. And this, this song, I mean, it's not totally buried on the album. It's the second song on side B, um, which is the weaker of the two sides in my opinion. And it proceeds, you make it all worthwhile, which is, um, I think the weakest song on the album, but we will talk about that when we get to it. And I might have changed my mind by then. Who knows? But you know, it's, it's not like it's an album closer or anything, you know, kind of tucked away. It's right in the middle of the CD and, uh, towards the beginning of side two on the LP. So that's a uh, holiday romance. There's not a lot to say about it. I would suggest, um, listening to it as always on headphones, full blast, because it is an enjoyable listen to. Ray's vocal delivery is just, you know, sardonic and almost, um, uh, I don't know, it's almost like, I don't know, like he's making fun of his own song. The tongue-in-cheek, I guess, would be the right phrase. But it feels like he's almost making fun of it, even when to the point where he um, does an impression of the female character he's talking about. You know, when he says, uh, my husband's coming to collect me today. It's so affected and um, just cheesy, but I, I enjoy it. And then the the line when he goes back into his regular voice after that line is maybe some of the best singing he does on the whole song. Because like he lets go and 
kind of soars over the top of that melody. That was the end of my holiday. Sweet. He does the, the refrain on that. And it's a cool little vocal part. So when you're listening to it, really focus on his voice coming out of the female impersonation because it's uh, it shows off kind of how he, he is a, a pretty good singer. I mean, he gets a lot of credit for being a fantastic songwriter, but he's actually a pretty good singer. And uh, this song shows that in a style that you wouldn't necessarily associate with um, one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time. Anyway, now I'm done. That was Soap Opera by the Kings from, I'm sorry, that was Holiday Romance by the Kings from the album Soap Opera. Tomorrow we are pulling uh, an earlier Beatles song that um, I'm sure most of you have heard this one. Not incredibly rare, wasn't a hit or anything, but it's not one that you wouldn't have heard before. And then Friday, we are doing one of my favorite Kinks songs. There should have been a bigger hit than it was, but we will get to that on Friday. All right, as always, you can reach me, Kinks and Beats, at herohabit.com or call me at 925-494-1739, and we will play your messages on the podcast when they come in. I'm recording these way in advance, so um, it may be a while before we start adding the phone calls because I'm already two weeks ahead and you have only just begun to hear that I actually have a phone number to call, but go ahead and call it anyway. If, uh, if we've already talked about the song you want to talk about, I'll still play it. But if we haven't talked about the song, I'm going to stockpile them and save them for when I do get to that piece. So again, 925-494-1739. And as always, like us, review us, rate us, share us with your friends, tell everybody, you know, who happens to be a Kinks or Beatles fan and uh, follow us at hero habit on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All right, I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day, guys. This podcast is presented by the Hero Habit Podcast Network. Swing by herohabit.com today to comment on this episode and poke around our growing database of sports and pop culture news, reviews, and collectibles. Herohabit.com. Collect your heroes.